Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. past few weeks, our gospel lesson in Mass has been taken from the discourse Jesus gave to his disciples on the night of his betrayal. Today is no exception. Jesus has been with his disciples these past 40 days after his resurrection, making his glorious and wonderful appearances, delightful appearances. He's been giving them instructions, commandments concerning the kingdom of God and how he wants his church set up. He's also been preparing them for his bodily departure when he would ascend back into heaven, which we just celebrated this past Thursday. Finally, he is also preparing them for this very long stretch of time before he returns bodily at the end of the age, at which time there will be the great judgment and a reckoning. So here we are. It's been a while. It's been a little while since he said, I'll be right back. (laughs) Now what? What do we do? He said he'd be back. I guess we should just wait for him, right? How long do you think he'll be? Well, I don't know. Can't be too long. Even Peter said this morning, the time is short. The early disciples were expecting him any day. Thinking of all of this, the office antiphon, which we say multiple times, 20, 30 times over these 10 days, quotes the angel who was attending Jesus as he ascended. And it started to make a lot of sense to me this year especially. So we've read it over and over again. We read it this morning at our second psalm. But 2,000 years later, reading that antiphon and hearing the angel say, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come. Hallelujah. Well, at first, it might seem like a silly question. Why stand ye gazing up into heaven? Well, I don't know. Why do you think we're gazing up into heaven? It's not every day the local carpenter who turns out to be God goes floating off into the sky. Well, I guess you are an angel, so you're probably used to seeing people floating around in the sky. But it does sound a little bit like a silly question. Of course, that's not what the angel meant when he asked the question. And that question, by the way, was not just for those disciples that day. It is meant for us as well, especially for us. Which is hard to miss when you say your daily prayers. Because we repeat this, we repeat this antiphon so many times between Ascension and Pentecost. So that question rings in your ears. If it's just a silly question, you know, but there's something behind the question, something really important. It's a rhetorical question. There's something implied in the angel's question. And the implication of the question is, you can't just stand there looking at the blank sky forever. Because this is not how things end. 
I mean, as spectacular as this event may be, this is not the grand finale. There is more, much more. And you are involved in what is coming in a most integral way. You have things to do. You need to get off to Jerusalem. So they return to Jerusalem. They gather to there together as a family, a community, a faith, and they prayed and they waited. They waited for the promise of another comforter who would come and give them power and peace and joy, who would continue to lead them into all truth, the spirit of truth. Jesus said he would send this other comforter from the Father, who proceeds from the Father. By the way, in our gospel, there's a beautiful sort of explication of the mystery of the relations within the Godhead. Jesus asks the Father to send the Spirit. The Spirit comes and bears witness to Jesus. And the Spirit proceeds from the Father. All this beautiful, homogenous interpenetration of love between the three persons of the Trinity. The Spirit proceeds from the Father. Jesus asks the Father, because all that the Father's is, is Christ's. Jesus gives us the Spirit. The Spirit bears witness of Jesus. He comes, the Spirit comes, this new comforter, this other comforter. He comes and He manifests and He reveals and He glorifies Christ in us, in Christ's disciples. Sometimes He's called in the New Testament the Spirit of Jesus for this reason. Not because He's not a distinct person, but because this is what He does. The operation of the Spirit in God's world is to Christify us. To glorify Christ in us. Now when Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. He did not mean that there is still not a lot to be done. It is finished. But there is still much to be brought to fulfillment. Death is dead. Sin is broken. And yet we still contend with death and sin in this world. And the devils. He warned them repeatedly of what they would face even though he was glorified, even though he said it is finished. In fact, he warns them today in the gospel that they will be killed for their testimony. He says, I'm telling you this before it happens so you won't be offended or scandalized. In other words, so, you know, when things get tough, you won't sort of throw your hands up and say, oh my goodness, how can this be? I thought he said it was all finished. <laughs> I thought he said everything was good now. How can this be happening? That's what he's saying. He's saying, I'm telling you now, you're going to get killed. Even though all this stuff has happened, that's what's going to happen. You're going to be killed. So don't be scandalized. He told them what was going to happen. He didn't explain why it needed to be this way. Okay? He didn't explain why it needed to be this way. He just said it was going to be this way. He didn't explain it in a manner that would satisfy a second-year philosophy student. Okay? On, on, on Facebook, who's arguing with everybody. <laughs> he didn't explain it like that. But he told us it was going to happen. We trust he has his reasons. But where does that leave us, is the question. Where does that leave us 2,000 years later? Where did it leave the disciples? 
What left them huddled together in an upper room, praying and waiting for God knows what? Something Jesus told them to wait for. And it leaves us desperate and hungry for one thing. The one thing. The absolute thing. In this in-between time. While we prepare for his return. While we contend with our enemies. While we are being perfected and Christified. That one thing. Is the gift of the Holy Spirit. As St. Seraphim of Sarav made beautifully clear. The entire purpose of life is the acquisition of the Holy Spirit. By comparison, nothing else matters. Well, the old Pentecostal says, I got the Holy Ghost 27 years ago. Well, that's not how it works. The Holy Spirit is a person. This is about a dynamic relationship, which ebbs and flows depending on His will, our faith, and purity of life. We are right now in our liturgical life waiting with the disciples in the upper room. We are in those ten days right now. We are praying the Pentecost Novena. I hope you are praying it every day. We are in day three today. Yes, we have received the Spirit. But we go on in this life receiving the Spirit. Sometimes we grieve Him. Sometimes we ignore Him. Sometimes we are short on grace because we have forgotten what really matters and it's the Holy Spirit that matters. God help us to be desperate for Him. To wait for Him. To hope that He will come to us. And fill us again and again. And this Pentecost. And next Pentecost. And every day of our lives. That He will come. And continually deliver us from sin. And fill us with His power. And fill us with His joy. That we too. As Christ commands in this gospel lesson that we too might be witnesses of Jesus the Holy Spirit is the witness of Jesus and the Holy Spirit filling us makes us the witness of Jesus because that's what the Holy Spirit does in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit Amen You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.